Blog Talk Radio. Please contact Savi, S-A-V-A-E dot org, and they have a phone number uh, for you to contact them, 210-573-6335, and they're on Facebook, and they also do live shows, and they're, they're really awesome. 
Uh, good morning, my blessed friends. I'm your host, Sean McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to provide an open-minded platform that focuses on the tenets. of Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I'm a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings will be out of the Ryrie Study Bible, but you may use any Bible you wish. And there's also an online resource called biblia.com. You can do online Bible, too. We're reading John chapter 13 today, so you can get out your Bibles and get ready. I ask that no negativity or controversy allowed because I need a day of peace, and as I think we all do. I've had many spiritual experiences and ingratitude, but we will now have ongoing Bible readings and discussion about our spiritual experiences, and I've also read out of my book, Worth and Worship, yet to be published and finished. Anyway, pray for me so I can finish that book. And I've just, I'm personally just focused on being my real self and carrying the message given to me. And I just read it straight out of the Bible. I'm not a scholar. I just read it and give you my comments. And also read the notes from the editor. Uh, the person that uh, edits this Ryrie Bible is really very knowledgeable and a great guy. So that's why I read from that Bible. Call in number this morning is 619-924-9744. If you have any positive comments or questions, and we also want to pray for you and your family, so your prayer requests are welcome. And we are every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Last week I, I started a little bit early uh, because of the holidays and things that were going on. So anyway, uh, for our opening prayer, let's say the Our Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God bless everybody. Uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christos Anasti. We also are celebrating Memorial Day around here. Um, it was a big parade yesterday with all the military planes and everything else, and for all that were lost in our wars and all the wars around the world, uh, God bless you for your work, and I hope you were repaid by being in paradise with our Heavenly Father. We pray for all the Christians that are being persecuted worldwide, their freedom to worship, and their lives are in jeopardy. Please, God, send your mighty angel, Archangel Michael, to fight against the evil and protect them all and all your angels to watch over everyone worldwide. Our prayers go out to all those who suffer in the world, including the animals who can't speak for themselves. And we also pray for the wisdom of our presidents and all the world leaders and policymakers. We have many decisions to make, and we're praying for all countries for our problems and suffering all over the world. We also pray that our Congress make good decisions and that our leadership is appointed by God, and we need to pray for them. And they do need a lot of help. There's so much controversy and ill will going around the planet in every different country for every political leaning. Um, I don't know what to say about it. It's just uh, could be the lower power at work. I don't know. I would know that the angels are working overtime to correct our mess because, you know what, we're in times of big trouble. And I want to thank you, God. Amen. We ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care and everyone in their families everywhere for Memorial Day is in our prayers as we remember those who fell so that we may be free and fought for our 
Thank you in Jesus' name, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want to wish everybody that has a birthday today or anniversary or any special day. We have a few graduations going on, celebrating, and I wish every everybody a blessed day and have very many happy events. If you want to your birthday or wish somebody a birthday over the air, all you have to do is message me on Facebook or just uh, send me a note, Char McCain, P.O. Box 980, Hermosa Beach, California, 90254-0980, and give me your announcements. I'll announce those too. And the number again for our phone this morning is 619-924-9744. Now, last week's reading was, we were reading in John chapter 13 about the anointing of Mary. And if you remember that Mary used this costly perfume to uh, wash the feet of Jesus and dry his feet with her hair, one of the most beautiful uh, pictures in the whole Bible. Uh, in that scene, uh, we also remember how Judas was so angry and that what we find out later, he was so angry because he was a treasurer and was planning on stealing that money that he said he was wanting to save to the poor, but that's not what it was like. And we also learned that uh, Lazarus, who was at the table, uh, with Jesus and all the disciples were actually, actually the Pharisees were seeking to kill Lazarus again, even though Jesus had raised him from the dead. It's kind of amazing. So we had, had a, we learned a lot in uh, chapter 12. And so this morning, we're going to go on to chapter 13. And we're going to read all of it. We're all the way up to John. And we're going to go ahead and follow this through and read all the way up to Revelation. God help us. And, We'll read and talk about as much as we can understand. Okay, so chapter 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he should depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, and he loved them to the end. That's so beautiful. I'm going to read it again. We're on 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he should depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were here in the world, and he loved them to the end. And during the supper, the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, rose from the supper and laid aside his garments and was taking a towel, he girded himself about, and then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, to wipe them with a towel which he was girded. I could just see him standing there doing this, or kneeling. And so he came upon Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, so he came to Simon Peter, and he said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What, do, what I do... You do not realize now, but you shall understand hereafter. Peter said to him, Never shall you wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean but not all of you. For he knew that the one who was betraying him, for this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. And so when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined at the table again, 
he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you should also do as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master. Neither is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. I do not speak of all of you, for I know the ones I have chosen, but it is that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats my bread has lifted up his heel against me. Well, a betrayal. From now on, I'm telling you before it comes to pass, so that when it does occur, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who deceives whomever I send receives me. I'm sorry, let me correct it. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. That's a very beautiful statement. Concerning his betrayal, when Jesus had said this, he became troubled in spirit and testified and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, that one of you will betray me. The disciples began looking at one another at a loss to know which one of them he was speaking. There he was, reclining on Jesus' breast, one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore gestured to him and said to him, Tell us who it is of whom he is speaking. And then he leaned back thus on Jesus' breast and said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus therefore answered, That is the one whom I... Excuse me. That is the one who I shall dip the morsel and give it to him. So when he had dipped the morsel, he took and gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. That just gives me the chills. And after the morsel, Satan then entered into him. Jesus therefore said to him, What you do, do quickly. Now no one of those reclining at the table knew what purpose he had said this to him. For some were supposing, because Judas had the money box, that Jesus was saying to him, Buy these things we need at the feast, or else that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel, he went out immediately, and it was night. And now concerning his departure, we're now in 31. When therefore he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and he will glorify him immediately. Little children, I am with you a little while longer. You shall seek me, and as I said to the Jews, I now say to you also, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I, as I have loved you, that you may also love one another. By this all men will know that you are one of my disciples, if you have love for one another. Remember that this is the basis of of what it looks like when you're a Christian. I'm going to read it again. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, and if you, love, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, Where I go you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow later. Peter said to him, Lord, 
Why can't I not follow you? You right, you right now. I'll lay down my life for you. And now we're on the last little phase, the phase of uh, 13. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, a cock shall not crow until you deny me three times. And then next week we'll go and read uh, chapter 14. As uh, all the Christian knows what comes next, and we're going to keep going and read it. So I want to thank you very much for listening. And I have picked out a couple of stories. And one is for today, because we also are celebrating, you know, a couple of different things, um, Memorial Day, Mother Day. And I want to wish all the mothers happy Mother's Day. My mother had a stroke about two weeks ago now. And we were all very upset. And I started a prayer line on my Facebook account. There is almost 200 prayers from people all over the world that prayed for my mother. And I could feel even the strength of those prayers. And you know what? My mother's slurred speech disappears. And then now she's actually coming back. She's uh, with assistance walking with a walker and practicing walking again because it affected her ability to walk. And I want to thank you, Jesus, so much for helping my mother and all those who prayed. It's just amazing what the power of prayer is. It's incredible. So... First, I'm going to read a story about uh, uh, concerning mothers, and the next next one I'm going to read uh, Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Prayer. Okay, the first story, this is on the guidepost, uh, The Best Love Stories. The story is called I Promised Mama, and it's by Nilsson Krakenowski, Brooklyn, New York. I was in a Nazi concentration camp in Stuttgart, in the dancing region but I promised my mother, Pisha, I would look after my brother, Kayam. Though I was still young myself, I think Mama saw that I was one with Shehitzpah and already wise to the ways of the world. But the world, the ways, and those awful days were inspired by the spirit of evil, I believe. In June of 1941, my family lived in Kaunas, Lithuania. One day at midnight, a friend frantically beat the, our door on our door, warned us that the invading Nazis were due to us Jews. But Papa, a highly respected tailor, could not believe him. My father, Shaman, was one of the first Jews to be shot in the Kaunas. Mama, Kayim, and I were forced to live in the Kaunas ghetto and to labor labor on the local political, military air. Let me just read that again, Mary. I get tongue-tied. Anyway, they were forced to live in the Kunas ghetto and to labor on in the local military airport. Mama helped but keep us alive. One slice of moldy bread washed down with her watery soup was our only daily meal. She would always break her bread in half and give it each a quarter. Mama, what are you doing? I'd scold. She would whisper, looking around. I don't need so much. It's better you two should have it. It hurt me to see Mama wasting away, but she would not have it otherwise. She reminded me that we could not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God, a reference to Deuteronomy 8.3. Keep your mind on him, my sons, for what the dwellers of Gehenna are trying to do here won't last. Always have faith, she emphasized, and he will watch over you. 
I needed him more than ever that terrible day in 1944 when Hyam and I were herded into a line to be sent to a concentration camp in Kaufering, Bavaria. The Nazis had chosen only those who could work. It is obvious what would happen to the ones left behind. We had only a moment to say goodbye. Mama held us close to her bony body and her dark brown eyes full of tears. Then as we turned to go, she held me back a moment. Listen, my son, she whispered. You should always keep an eye on your brother. I feel if you survive, he will survive. Stay with him always. Yes, Mama, I choked. Promise? I promise. That was the last time I ever saw my mother. When we stumbled out of the boxcar at New Camp, we were so stiff we could hardly walk. The guard began beating me for not moving fast enough. As his truncheon truncheon slammed in my head, it all went black. I regained consciousness, my face in the cold mud, tasting salty blood. I was glad Mama was not in this place. She would have been overcome on seeing the decline of Hyam, who began to be more frail every day. He had been bruised on his right leg, making it difficult to walk. Then came the day that he lined us all up in two columns facing each other. Those able to work, including me, stood in one formation. I am and the rest of the sick ones made up the other. The guards stood ready with rifles. I saw Hyam's eyes filled with tears and fear. Heartsick, I wondered, should I run to his line? Finally, in desperation, I took a terrible chance and motioned Hyam to join me. He suddenly left his line and limped towards me. I held my breath and praying for his safety. Everyone saw, but no one stopped him. I, they thought, I assumed, someone had given permission, and I knew it was a miracle. Though Hyam remained am- among us living, he slipped lower. Gang Green had blackened his leg, and he could not walk. I tried to cover him as much for him as much as possible. The guards were not so strict when rumors circulated the Allies were approaching. I wished they would obliterate the camp and put us out of our misery. Then on morning of April 27, 1945, the Nazi commandment issued a proclamation. All prisoners were to leave the camp at noon and go deeper into Germany, after which the premises would be dynamited to the ground. We knew this was to eliminate evidence of atrocities. But what about Haim and the others who weren't able to walk, I worried. By now, everyone else was leaving the barracks. I saw Haim and looked into his eyes. Haim, I pleaded. You have to walk. Look, I can help you. No, his son, he moaned. I can't move. The sin hand pressed mine. Go, he pleaded. I'll be all right. Go yourself. The barracks had become quiet as the others were lining up at the gate. Just to be outside of this place, no matter where, it would be heaven. Thoughts raged within me. Your mother will never know. Your brother is close to death anyway. Don't be a fool. Go. But I always remember Mama's hand on my arm. And pleading, stay with him always. I promise, Mama. I leaned down and put my arms around my brother's skeletal body. No harm. I stayed no matter what. I heard soldiers hurriedly laying dynamite and other stringing wire. At this point, I committed us to the arms of God. By noon, only a few of us remained in the barracks. A low chanting of prayers began, and I joined in with Hyam, praying that the death would be quick. Then a distant rumble. It came closer, and the groaning ticked. I had to, they had to be our liberators. Within an hour, soldiers, American soldiers, had poured into the gate, and the dynamite never came. Who knows what happened? The soldiers were so kind and so good-natured. They gave us chocolate bars and food. I ate so much so fast I became ill. Hyam was given medical treatment and recovered soon after. 
Later, I heard learned the terrible news. I happened to meet a fellow inmate who had left for the others in the April morning. He supported himself on crutches. We were all walking along the road with fighter planes roared down and strafed us with their machine guns. He said it was dusk, and they must have thought we were enemy troops. He stared in the distance. Many were killed. He looked at me and said, you were very lucky. As he slowly looked away, I thought, lucky? No, obedient. So look at that. The mother saved the, son, the, the two sons, and it just gives me chills. It's incredible. Anyway, excuse me. The next story I'm going to read is Norman Vincent Peale out of Pauling, New York. Discover the amazing power of prayer. In a business office, two men were having a serious conversation. One, heavily troubled by a business and personal crisis, paced the floor restlessly. I guess no power on earth can save me, he sighed in desperation. Now, this is for all of us who are at the end of our rope. Money, we've lost everything, lost our jobs, lost our health. So that's why I'm reading this one. The other reflected for a moment, then spoke. I have found that there is an answer to every problem, that power that you can help you. Then he said slowly, and he asked the man, why not try prayer power? Somewhat surprised, the discouraged man said, I never thought of it that way, but I'm willing to try prayer if you would show me how. He did apply practical prayer techniques, and the matters ultimately turned out satisfactorily. That is not to say he did not have difficulties, but ultimately it worked out as trouble. Now he believes the power of prayer so enthusiastically, I heard him say, every problem can be solved and solved right if you pray. A famous psychologist said, prayer is the greatest power available to solving personal problems. Its power astonishes me. Prayer releases spiritual energy and seems able to even normalize the aging process. It is not necessary to allow your spirit to sag or grow stale or dull. Prayer can freshen you up every morning and send you out renew each morning. You can receive guidance and problems of prayer is allowed to permeate your subconscious mind and also has the power to keep your reactions correct and sound. Prayer releases and keeps power flowing freely. You are dealing with the most tremendous power in the world when you have, have when you are praying. If you have not experienced this power, perhaps you need to learn how new techniques. The secret is find the process that will effectively open your mind humbly to God. Any method through which you can stimulate the power of God to flow into your mind is legitimate. A man opened a small business in New York City many years ago. A little hole in the wall, he called it. He started with one employee. In a few years, he moved into excessive, extensive quarters, and the business became very successful. This man's method of business, as he described it, was to fill a little hole in the wall with optimistic prayers and thoughts. He declared the hard work, positive thinking, fair dealing, right treatment of people, and praying always got results. This man worked out a simple formula for solving his problems through prayer power. I have practiced it and, and know that it works. The formula is, now listen everybody, one, prayerize, two, picturize, three, actualize. By prayerize, my friend meant a daily system of creative prayer. When a problem arose, he t- talked it over with God simply and directly in prayer. He conceived of God as always being with him as his partner. He took seriously the biblical injunction to pray without ceasing. Every day he discussed with God the questions that had to be dealt with. The presence finally 
to dominate his consciousness and ultimately his subconscious thinking. He prioritizes daily life. Second, and the second point, his formula was to picturize. The, the basic factor in psychology is to realize a realizable wish. Think about that, realizable wish. It simply means that a man who assumes success tends already to have success and that people who assume failure tend to have failure. When either failure or success is picturized, it tends to actualize. To assure something worthwhile happening, first pray about it, test it according to God's will, then picture it on your mind as happening, holding the picture firmly in your consciousness. Continue to surrender the picture of God's will, that is to say, put the matter in his hands and follow God's guidance. Work hard, intelligently, thus doing your part to achieve success. Do this, and you'll be astonished at the strange ways in which picturization comes to pass. And boy, we had that happen over and over and over. We want it to continue to happen. In this manner, the picture actualizes, which you have prayerized and picturized actualizes. And it goes according to the pattern of your base up realizable wish. And it's just, uh, there's a, more, a lot more to that story. But it's just the same thing. We have to just picture it in our mind, pray about it all day, and actualize it. Like, do the footsteps necessary to uh, attain what your uh, sacred heart's desire is. Because I feel like we all do have a sacred heart's desire. And I want to, let's see, if you're still in the mood for listening to one more thing. Let's see... I think I want to read you this, you know, because I am in recovery, and I was I was thinking about how grateful I am uh, that I was able to uh, get led into recovery by somebody I met in art school. Um, his name is Claude Prickett, and uh, I'm forever grateful for him. And I have am um, celebrating uh, 33 years sober of continuous sobriety. And uh, it's just awesome. But before all that happened, I had the following dream. And I titled this one, Just Ask in Jesus' Name. In the dream, I found myself at a detoxification center. Looking around at all the drunks and the drug addicts, I felt a great shame and desolation. There was a black woman there in the waiting room. I sat next to her and realized she was my guardian angel. She had on a simple house dress. Her graying hair was pinned up in a neat bun on the top of her head. I poured out all my grief to her. She cradled me in her arms and patted my head, comforting me and rocking me. I cried out to her all my pain and loneliness. I told her all about the times I felt betrayed and abandoned. All the while, she rocked me and patted me and kept repeating, Just ask in Jesus' name and you will be healed. Just ask in Jesus' name. Just ask in Jesus' name, sugar. Just ask in Jesus' name. I have never been in an actual detox, but yes, this was the beginning of a long journey for me. Several years later, I dreamt about her again. I was being driven down a long road. My big, I have, in my dreams, I dream of this, this big white Cadillac uh, with a convertible. Anyway, I was being driven down the, down the road with an old woman with long, white, flowing hair. In the back seat were a married couple, and they were both botanists. We arrived at the Palos Verdes Botanical Gardens, an actual site in Palos Verdes, California. All of us got out and were amazed at the famous array of rare plant and flower specimens. I wandered further into the garden alone. 
And at the very back of the garden, I came around the corner, and there was my garden angel again. Hi, how are you, she said. She welcomed me to sit down at the table she had ready for me. She asked me how I'd been. I told her things were coming along great. She made me some of my favorite barbecue, beef ribs, fresh cornbread. All the while, we talked and ate, conversing about the last few years. We both had changed. Me on the inside and she had grown younger. And she was now maybe 50, dressed in stretch pants and a flowered blouse, her hair just over her ears in a casual modern style. After we finished talking, we parted after a hug, and she said, God bless you, and remember to say your prayers. I will, I said. I read a book by Alice Walker, The Color Purple, a few years after I had this dream. At the end of the book, after all was said and done, someone asked the big character, Philly, what do you do after everything that has happened to you? Well, she said with a smile, we barbecue. Man did eat the bread of the angels, and he set them food in abundance, Psalm 78:25, And they all ate and were satisfied, Mark 6:42. And I want to God bless you so much for listening in today, and God bless you in every way. And don't forget, keep praying. Picturize, actualize. And God bless you. Now let's uh, wrap up today's service with our traditional prayer. After a moment's silence for those who are out there still suffering. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. And in closing, may God bless you and keep you in his loving arms. You may have the strength to face whatever is ahead. Remember, you're never alone. Remember, God loves you. I love you. And may your best dreams come true and true love live within your heart. You know, you can message me if you have any concerns or requests for prayers or you want to discuss something. Also, if you want to come and help us pray in the show, I'd be really appreciated. Bye-bye, my friends. Happy trails to you. God bless you.